Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm about the same as how you remember. Maybe a little more boring. I don't know. Kind of long. I mean, I'm Alex. <laughs> and that's my review for The Godfather Part 3. Yeah, so, so we are talking about The Godfather Part 3 this week. Uh... It's a movie. Uh, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> um, we are audio might be a little strange because we are recording in person. Um, Somehow, recording over Skype gives us better quality. Yes, don't worry about it. Uh, yeah, it's fine. I'm glad to see you're super <laughs> enthused to discuss this movie right now. So, The Godfather <laughs> Part 3, directed by Francis Ford Coppola from mm -hmm. 1990. It has a 67% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes sure. and a 78% audience score. Now, clearly based off those scores, people consider this to be the weakest of the three. Some people would say it's even a bad movie. Uh, was nominated for Best Picture. Interesting. Okay. It was, it was nominated for a bunch of awards and it didn't win any of them. Classic. <laughs> uh, Tyler, what is your best thing and your worst thing about The Godfather Part yeah. 3, Battle of the Five Armies, the extended edition? It's my best thing. Uh, With it's... director and screenwriter commentary, Drax. <laughs> my best thing is the commentary by George Lucas. Uh, you see, see this movie? I didn't actually direct it, but, uh, you know... I thought I'd just comment on it. I like the part where the girl gets shot. <laughs> I like the part where it's boring, but then it gets really violent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. We, I thought we were talking about Revenge of the Sith. Um, oh, I thought we were talking about The Last Jedi. Uh, topical. <laughs> yeah, my, my best thing about this is the fact that it... I think overall it does feel like it's the same universe. Like there, It doesn't feel like a massive drop-off the way I was kind of expecting um yeah the the characters and i think for the most part the acting uh we'll, we'll have to talk about that and the writing and everything i mean i think it all pretty much is at least consistent with the present day stuff and godfather part two yeah how we were talking about but we were also talking about that that was kind of um slow and boring which sort of gets into my it's it's a double-edged sort of like they're maintaining the the consistency of the franchise and the tone of the franchise really well um well more in terms of design like yeah, the production the locations value. Locations are mm -hmm. the same. Like mm -hmm. they, they keep continuity. Yeah, um, but also they're they're continuing on from the the present day storyline in Godfather Part Two, which we both felt was kind of slow and and didn't have a lot of momentum to it. Yeah, and this, it's like Godfather Part Two without the young Vito yes, stuff. Yes, this is just kind of the entire movie. <laughs> I might say it might be even a little more interesting, at least at times, than the the modern or yeah. the present day stuff in Godfather Part Two. Um, but most of that's up uh, it, because of Andy Garcia, I think. Yes, um, but it it really kind of grinds to a halt by the the finale. So the the, the finale well, it's weird because it starts off it's like oh this is going to be like really exciting and I see what yes. they're doing and then it just goes on another half hour. Yeah, it's 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 drawn out uh, to kind of a ridiculous extent and like you kept, you keep waiting for it to be like all right montage everyone dies. Yeah. The end. But instead, they just like keep having stuff kind of move around. And... I, well, it's it's not like they show you guys getting killed at the same exact time. It's like yeah. here's a couple guys that died. Yeah. 
10 yeah. minutes later, here's another guy that died. Yeah. Like, it's it's not doled out the same yeah. way as the previous two movies, which isn't necessarily a problem. Just yeah. in terms of pacing, it just it, and, it slows things down a and lot. And I think it's, it's an overall feeling of... It, it, basically, my best and worst thing is that it's a continuation of that stuff from Godfather Part Two. because on the one hand, that does mean that it, it does feel like a kind of an epic saga yeah. spanning across decades. It does but, feel like a trilogy. Yes. But... On the other hand, it means that, it, and this might be kind of my, my biggest uh, problem with it, is that it, it continues to feel like it has nothing to say. Um, or not enough to say. Yes, the last one, the last one by the end of it, they kind of wrapped it all together, and we talked about that, how I, I was really pleased with how that movie ends, because it, it feels like they, they wrap everything together in a nice bow and kind of create a, a really nice thematic uh, layering that yeah. I think kind of, look in hindsight, makes the rest of the movie better. Whereas this is just n- nothing, nothing really, nothing really happens, and people die. Mm-hmm. I guess Michael is continuing to make decisions that get people killed. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fair. Oh, we'll talk about it. But that's that's my overall feeling. Okay. Um. My best thing's probably just going to be Andy Garcia. Yep. Every time he's on screen, I get excited. And <laughs> he's, he's just got like a super, super interesting uh, presence. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I actually think everyone hates Sofia Coppola in this movie. And I, th- I think both of us agreed she's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of mediocre in places, but she's fine. Yeah, she's got kind of a... The, the, the tone of her voice is very monotone, I think, just naturally. Yeah. And, and I, so I think that can come across as being very stiff, but like her actual, I mean, I think, feels like a character. I don't know. I think she's kind of dead behind the eyes in terms of her acting where she's just focused on delivering lines as opposed to yeah. becoming a character. That's, mm-hmm. that's the feeling I got. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't enough to take me out of the movie and be like, oh, she's, she's ruining the entire saga yeah. or, you know, anything ridiculous yeah. like that. Um, she's also not a big enough part of the movie in terms of like no. her acting for that to like ruin the movie. Which is strange. This movie's three hours. She's maybe in like half an hour of it. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but every time I noticed during her scenes with Andy Garcia, I think her acting tended to get a little better. And that mm. might just be because she was allowed to be more expressive um, yeah. with her emotions as opposed to a lot of the scenes with Al Pacino, which you'd mm. think would be like, oh, she's, she's stepping up her game to match him. Mm. She's just kind of... Dead behind the eyes, very monotone with her voice, not all that compelling. Yeah. Uh, but Andy Garcia, the whole scene where he's he's in bed with the reporter and the two guys come to kill him, like yeah. that scene's just yeah. the best. Yeah. That felt straight out of the first Godfather. Yeah. Uh, he does a great job of of, uh, um, evoking, evo- evoking, <laughs> evoking. That's the word. We'll get there. It's a slow day. Um, he does a great job of evoking James Caan in um, as Sonny. Yeah. Uh, without necessarily being like, oh, I'm doing James Caan, I'm doing Sonny. Like, I, he's not trying to do an impression. And it, 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 it comes across as a very natural, like, yeah. he is the son of this guy, therefore he's got that, yeah. like... I would say he's he's more charismatic than James Caan in, yeah. is in the first movie. Like, he's pretty much just a hothead in that. Yeah, the, this one they give him a little more of a, a charming... Yeah. Uh, feel to it. Uh, so that's my best thing. Mm-hmm. My worst thing... It might just be the movie's length. 
Yeah. It's it's weird because, you know, the first one we, we were like perfect pacing. Don't like it's perfect. Yeah. Don't change anything about it. The second one we were like, yeah, I get it. It's fine. <laughs> In terms of length. This one I'm like, I feel like you cut half an hour out and you'd probably be fine. Well, it's that and it also feels like, I, I mean, thinking about the first one, the fact that the first one we switch protagonists halfway through. Yeah. I think that this movie really would have benefited from that if we switched to being to following uh, Vinny um, as the, our, our kind of main guy Yeah. Um, at some point, and, and he kind of becomes the thrust, because it feels like they're trying to do that towards the end, but we spend so much time with Michael and kind of hammering home the fact that, like, ah, he is... He has regrets about, the, yeah. you know, the fact that he, he killed his brother and, like, he, the way he's handled the family. It, it just... It, Did you find it weird that it, it never came out that he was responsible for Fredo's yeah, death? Yeah. Like, that never got revealed. kind of strange. Like, Connie's there's so that, loyal yeah, to him. <laughs> just the, the bit where he's, he's just down on himself and she's like, I know, Fredo, that horrible accident yeah. died. It wasn't your fault. Yeah. I didn't really want Michael to be like, Connie, stop it! You're making it worse! <laughs> it was weird. Yeah, I don't... It, I don't know. And the, the final scene as well with him, like, it's just... I feel like we, we drag on with him so so long and then don't really... I mean, it feels like everything we need to say about him was said in the last movie. Where it's like, he's kind of turned into this, this monster almost. And it does sort of seem like he's supposed to have changed by this one, but also he yeah. then proceeds to order the murder... Of a bunch of people, and I, I get that that's kind of the point, is that he's trying to get out, but he can't, he's he's kind of wrapped in too deep. Yeah. But it does feel like we we understand his character and, and could have more efficiently, you know, kind of gotten out of the way and, and gotten to more interesting character bits. Yeah. More, I don't know. Yeah, it does feel like we're, we're playing a bit too much. He regrets everything he's done. Mm-hmm. Like, we do that a few too many times. Like, the bit where he's talking with the, the priest who ends up becoming the Pope. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, like, he's, you know, saying all his sins and everything. It's like, yeah. okay, that's a good scene. But then he has the whole scene with Kay where he kind of just... Yeah. Throws everything out there for her to understand where he's coming from and how much he regrets what he's done. Yeah. It's like, didn't we just do this? Yeah. But then I, I I like how they they immediately like um, the guy knocks on the door and he's like oh hey uh, what, what's, what's Tomasino is that yeah Tomasino's dead yeah <laughs> and she she just mouths this never ends yeah yeah I'm like I get it mm-hmm. I do like regardless of everything else I do like the ending with uh, his daughter getting shot and like um having the sound go out mm-hmm. like muting while he screams and then cutting back in mm-hmm. and then the final scene where he he just keels over and dies as an old man alone <laughs> filled a, with regret there's a puppy <laughs> there's a puppy <laughs> yeah uh i i don't know i feel like we just the, i don't really know what the movie's trying to tell me at that point i mean i guess it's just a character study of He's broken. Let's see him get more broken. <laughs> but I, whereas the last one, sort of the entire point was this revelation of he was never going to run the family the way that Vito wanted him to, and kind of he's he's not his father, and because of that, he's made some bad decisions. Whereas this one feels, I mean, we're we're really just saying the the same thing, and just 
harping on that for a while, and then yeah, I don't know. It's pretty much just like here are the consequences of his actions. Yeah. You you got anything else for us? It's like didn't we already see this? Here are the consequences of his actions. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's really not. Feels like they should have, if they were going to do that too, they should have had more happen earlier on because it's it's basically just we sit on that until the very end, yeah. and then I would uh, say the second half overall is weak. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the ideas are more interesting in the second half just because yes. it starts to get into his regret. Mm-hmm. Um, but the it's weird the the first half. Plot-wise is more interesting, just because once we get into all the, the Cardinal stuff and, mm-hmm. and trying to become the the uh, banker or the accountant for the Vatican, right. then it just kind of stops being interesting. Right. And then I lose track of, wait, so what exactly were their, their plans <laughs> to screw over Michael? It's it's similar to the problems we have with the Cuba stuff in, in mm-hmm. part two. Yeah, very similar. Where... Except this doesn't have young Vito stuff to cut back to to be like, oh, hey! <laughs> That's good. Yeah. And it's also the... That being said, I still think this is a good movie. Yeah. And and it's... Comparing this to, like, any movie that's not in this franchise, it's like, yeah, it's good. Yeah. Uh, and it's also it's sort of a double-edged sword of the... It's, like we said, it's, it feels a lot like a continuation of the stuff, the modern-day stuff in Part 2, but we talked about how in Part 2, the Young Vito stuff kind of breaks up the flow. Yeah. In a lot of ways of that. Um... And I feel like with this, uh, there's a while where we we are able to get into the story more because it's not broken up because we're following along and you know we're we're it's kind of reimmersing us back in the way that the first one did where we're just following along and seeing what happens next. But after a while, it it, it feels a bit same old, same old. Yeah, and it, it doesn't really feel like they have many new ideas uh, yeah. after the first two. Um, I don't know where you're gonna go next. And that's our review, everyone. <laughs> I mean, basically, we'll get into details, but this is this is probably not going to be quite the uh, the length of episode that we've been doing for a while. Yeah, we've had a run where every episode's been super long, and this one, I think, we've feels like along with the franchise, we've run out of steam. <laughs> um, it is interesting that this is the shortest one, but it feels its length. Yeah, the most. it feels it feels the longest. It feels like just get it over with. <laughs> Um, I don't know what to talk about. <laughs> Me neither. They do some nice. They do a lot of nice stuff with with in character relationships, and you know they they start off the same way with the the big sweeping party scene. They 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 bring that back, right? Um, where we kind of get an introduction to a lot of the key players. Uh, all the stuff I feel like with um, Joey Zaza. Yes, is is really interesting because uh, it's kind of he's he's now the controller of their New York or uh, what used to be their New York interest, and yeah. he's trying to like play the other mob bosses and yeah that sort of thing. And then of course there's the big helicopter scene where he has a helicopter blast away everyone basically, which is maybe the best scene in the movie. Probably, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, there's a lot they of... ripped it ripped it off in Star Trek Into Darkness sure <laughs> you know the bit where Khan no, goes to shoot up yeah, the, yeah. the the um, mm-hmm. Starfleet headquarters or whatever mm-hmm. 
So not only is Star Trek Into Darkness ripping off uh, Wrath of Khan, it's also ripping off The Godfather Part 3. Specifically Part 3. Yep. Uh, but there... Kirk goes, I keep I... wanting to get out. And they keep dragging me back in. <laughs> well, and, and so my... As I'm trying to talk about this, I'm, I'm immediately realizing that everything we're saying is sounds fairly negative. And I'm trying to kind of justify why we did still enjoy this movie. And I think that, that there's a, a good bit in that helicopter scene that kind of uh, explains a lot of why this movie's still great. And it's because this movie still has a great eye for detail and for character yeah. uh, attention. Because there's there's a bit in there where there's this guy that we don't we have no idea who he is or anything. But he's, he's trying to, like, grab his coat. He's yeah. like, oh, this is my lucky coat. I can't, I can't leave it. And then he ends up getting shot because he's, like, trying to drag his, like, his coat stuck on the hanger. Because he's a moron. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of stuff like that. And there, there's a lot of great um, shots, I think. There, there's there's um, one scene in particular where um, Vincent and Michael are talking and they're looking, uh, or they, we're, we're watching them through a mirror. Yeah. Um, while while uh, Michael is shaving. And that's like, a, it, it's just, there's a lot of interesting, I, it might have the best, um, cinematography quote-unquote that's a that's a catch-all word that we apply to like anything that looks cool um because we are not film experts by any means but the the overall like look of the movie i think might be the best of the three like there's a lot of really great shots i think among the awards this was nominated for was for best uh, photography that makes sense because there's there's a lot of great distant shots there's or cinematography i guess yeah, yeah yeah um yeah, there, there's a lot of really interesting angles that sort of evoke the the Godfather feel, yeah. um, which this movie needs. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. Well, I also appreciate, uh, like with the little details, just like the little callbacks to the previous movies, mm -hmm. but just in terms of bringing characters back, like Johnny Fontaine shows up at, mm -hmm. at the, the celebrations at the beginning, and then there's all sorts of things like that. They didn't need to address Tom Hagen's son, but they do. Yeah, and I appreciated that. I think that's that probably would be my second worst thing about the movie is just the lack of Robert Duvall. Mm -hmm. I think that that kind of cripples the movie a little bit. Yeah, just because he's got a he he's such a a, a cool character in the in the first two movies, mm -hmm. um, and apparently it was over uh, pay reasons, right? Which I found weird. It, it's it's just fascinating how how every sequel we lose somebody and we have to just kill them off <laughs> yeah. off screen yeah which because of pay plays, reasons almost plays into the the saga's favor just like this this family that's falling apart yeah um it just loses people and it's and sometimes it it's not a big deal it's just like no we like we've already moved on past that because that's how life works um yeah the, and that's i mean the best thing i can say about this is that it, it it does cement the entire trilogy as a a, a saga as a you know an epic that, that yeah. spans um many years and yeah. has a lot of uh characters that you know kind of continue through the entire thing and it's and, and you don't really see that anywhere in movies like that's a that's a really interesting i mean this is like the most uh or the be some of the best sequential um or i guess um I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, uh, full, like multiple movie narrative mm -hmm. uh, storytelling that we've seen probably on this podcast in general. I mean, um, 
it, it feel it doesn't necessarily feel like they had a plan uh for you know the next even even part two much less part three yeah but they played this in such a way where it does feel like the entire thing uh is it's is a full narrative um and they did this you know 18 years this movie came out 18 years before iron man um yep. came out I'm trying to think of other i mean we really haven't seen like just in terms of movies that of franchises that stay consistent like rocky would is one that i would point to where it does feel like that is an overarching narrative with some missteps but like that feels like oh we're actually following these characters through their lives yeah we're, we're not just like it, every movie doesn't feel like its own separate thing that sort of just tangentially ties in because continuity. Right. Um, it, it's just some of the best the best long form storytelling we've seen uh, doing this podcast, which is crazy because all we do is review fan franchises. And it's like, hey, they figured this out like twenty years ago. Why don't we Why don't we all try doing that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's too hard. <laughs> Let's get a Kiva Goldsman to write our long-form storytelling. That'll work just well, won't it? I don't even know what you're referencing. Everyone, don't watch Titans. Oh, okay. Or do it's kind of it's kind of amazing. Um, it's amazing in a Batman yeah, versus I'm Superman not, kind yeah, of way. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, not not yes. Um. Anyway, let me put it this way: we watched Titans. Uh, the first like six episodes something like that uh, over this weekend um, because we hate ourselves and I think we would be more interested in talking about that than we are in the Godfather Part 3 right now that's fair which we just watched and it's it, I don't know it's a shame because I, I feel like and it does it, just think about the fact that this came out in 1990 I can see why that just immediately was not a hit yeah <laughs> um because it feels like it's from the same era as the other movies. Um, yeah. It feels like it's sort of it's stuck almost, in the past. It's a relic of the late 70s. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's. I mean, I don't know how they managed to make it in the 90s. I guess they kind of just gave Coppola uh, complete control because they were like, oh, let's make another one. And you've already made two of, you know, what people hail as the greatest movies of all time. So yeah. let's make another. Um, but yeah, it's... And and so we're trying to look back, judge how it was released, how it was accepted when it was released in the '90s, and also try to put it into the larger context of the franchise, and try to to grade, it, try to make sure we give it a fair shake, given that we are reviewing this 28 years in the future. Yeah, and it's. Well, I think in terms of when it was released, I think it was kind of oh, it's another Godfather yeah. movie. It's fine. It's yeah. good. Yeah, it's good enough. I think that <laughs> that was kind of the feeling, especially with it getting nominated for Best Picture. True. Um, and now it's just like oh, that's the one nobody talks about. <laughs> Which is interesting because it's got it's got a couple of uh, iconic scenes. I feel like I mean there there's the the line uh, just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. Yeah. I did not realize that was from this movie until we got yeah. there, and I was like, "Oh, huh." I, I I really think most of the Michael stuff works, especially mm -hmm. on, on that. It just can't sustain itself for three hours. Yeah, exactly. There's there's not a lot to it. That's, I mean, obviously Al Pacino continues to be Al Pacino. Yeah, uh, great performance, and yeah, it it just over time we we. 
and and I think that's that's something that the first movie had. The reason and the old age makeup is pretty solid. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Very. Um, but the uh, the first movie, I think the the thing about switching protagonists, a big part of the reason why that's important is that that helps you switch up a three hour movie. Yeah. Uh, and sort of you know mix it up and, and keep it fresh and, and keep you feel like you're you're on the journey with this family. Yeah. Whereas this, we've been with Michael for, you know, basically since halfway through the first one. Yeah. We've just been following Michael in the present day. And it just starts to wear thin because we get it. Um, and it, it feels like we, we, there's nothing, there's no, there's no twist on it. I mean, the, the twist, I guess, is that he loses Mary, but he, he already drove away his, his, drove away Kay, uh, and generally, you know, he killed his own brother. Like it, 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 he's already done enough that we don't need to see. We don't need to be told. Oh, hey, his actions have consequences, and and he he regrets them, and or is you know kind of kind of hurt by them. Like it's a little redundant after a certain point. Yeah, they, and I I feel like that's what we're gonna keep, gonna keep coming back to with this because it is a good movie, and it's good enough. Yeah, and. It's it's just the, the, the actual content matter after we've watched uh, nine hours of Godfather content. Yeah. Like, Well, it's one of those things where I can't be too harsh about it because, once again, it's very consistent within mm -hmm. the world of the Godfather. Like, the characters are acting pretty consistently. The story makes enough sense. Uh, there's, there's some cool set pieces. There's memorable dialogue. Mm -hmm. Um, the tone isn't, hasn't changed from the previous two movies. Like, it feels very much in that world, so I can't be too harsh by it just being okay. Yeah. You know? As opposed to something else that, like, just completely breaks continuity, whatever, and then it's just, it, it's not even good. Right. Like, like an X-Men Origins Wolverine versus an X-Men First Class. Yeah. Like, both of those break continuity in immeasurable ways. <laughs> but First Class is a good movie on its own, so, alright, fine. Mm -hmm. Whereas this is kind of, it's not the exact opposite, but it's, it's the, it, the continuity sound, the characters are sound, mm -hmm. the story's just kind of mediocre. Yeah. And it should be two hours and 15 minutes. It really should. <laughs> yeah, we, we hit the, uh, again, uh, if, if you haven't listened to our last two episodes, uh, I had not seen any of these before we watched them for the podcast, and so we hit the, the finale, the big opera set piece, which I feel like we should probably be explaining a little more about what's going on with the plot, um, because yeah. a lot of people probably have not seen these. Uh, but basically, we, we get to the end, and, and um, Michael's son has, has become an opera star, and so they're at the opera in Sicily, and they're you know, it's it, we, it sets up and it feels like all right, we're gonna have this this big set piece where you got people. It's a lot. It feels like it's gonna be like Mission Impossible, um, not Fallout, um, Mission, where it's like oh, we're gonna have you know they're, they're uh, everyone's positioning themselves to try and like assassinate people and like they're gonna time it with the music and it's like oh, who's gonna you know are they gonna catch the guy in time who's trying to assassinate Michael? And, and meanwhile, and, there's like five other assassinations happening yes. elsewhere. Yeah, the Pope drinks bad tea <laughs> and gets. And dies, um, and the cardinal guy, like somebody's going after Al Neary, I believe, mm -hmm. is going to shoot him. Somebody stabs a man through the neck with his own glasses. Oh, that was great. And I don't really understand how that works. It was great. I don't think that's how skin works. <laughs> um, but sure, just delightful. And then they smother the the um, 
the yeah, banking guy. They smother the 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 sketchy banker for the Vatican and yeah. throw him, hang him off the side of a, a bridge. Yeah, and like it's all. It's interesting, but it it feels like what they're they're it feels like they're very much trying not to do the uh, church scene from the first one again. Yeah, it feels like they're trying to, to mix it up, but they end up kind of doing the same thing, just spread out over half an hour, and then it ends with Mary dying. And it's like well, oh, that's sad. <laughs> it's also one of those things where instead of intercutting with this this priest speech to Michael and about yeah. sin and the nature of good and evil and right. you know, that type of stuff, instead it's just opera right. where they're speaking italian and there's no subtitles and jesus is there i guess and the death yeah. is there so it, it's all symbolism and you i cannot stand stretching that out <laughs> like it feels very much uh, weird comparison it feels like mark forrester editing with with uh quantum of solace mm -hmm. not to the same degree because it does feel like i can kind Thematically, of i can kind of glean yeah. what they're going for right. as opposed to quantum of solace where it's just why are you flashing back to the opera during an action scene where Bond's just running from yeah. some guys? Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> um, movie sucks. You didn't get it. <laughs> you just didn't uh, get it. But yeah, no, fair, fair point of, of... It feels like, oh yes, this is relevant, but also... And part it does help that it's relevant because a character we know and should, are supposed to be kind of following is in the opera. Yeah. Um, well, like, the opera in, in Rogue Nation... Mm -hmm. I don't know if it has anything to do with what's going on thematically, right. but it doesn't focus on it. Exactly. It's all in the background. Yeah. Whereas this movie, it keeps cutting and that's, to the And opera. that's the thing is when it keeps cutting, like I was just saying, oh, well, it's, you know, the, we, we actually do like one of the characters in the opera, like singing the opera. I but mean, he's not in it for a lot of the stuff that it keeps flashing back yeah. to, where it keeps flashing well, back to. Well, I would to. say I'm more ambivalent about him than I will. But like it's, it's a character we know. Yeah. Whereas we're supposed to, we are supposed to appreciate that character singing because we are supposed to appreciate it alongside Michael and his family. You know, it's weird. They talk about how this, you know, it, it's consequences. Michael has to pay for his sins or whatever. Yeah. His children are like perfectly fine young adults. Yep. And that was going back to the second movie where she's like, something's wrong with your son. He's not speaking. He's weird. And we don't know why. And it's just, they're fine. I don't know. That that seems like a know, weird his thing. His that... daughter's into incest, so <laughs> that's true. We haven't even mentioned that. They're cousins. They're first cousins. Yeah, the fact and... that that Marion and uh, Vincent are cousins, and but they're in love. Yeah, that's kind of weird. <laughs> it's very weird. <laughs> and no one at any point is like, "Oh, that's a problem because you're cousins." <laughs> It's all like, I will say. Oh, that's dangerous for you to be involved because Vincent's going to be a crime lord, and you, yeah. you know, Mary, you're, you're going to get involved too. Which is a weird message because, like, um, Vito had a a wife throughout his entire career, like his entire crime lord career. Like, and once again, I think that goes back to a problem with the first two movies, where we don't get inside of her head. We don't know what's yeah. what's up with with yeah. <laughs> Mama Corleone. And, and so, and so, we have no reason to understand why. Why, why crime lords can't you know have long fulfilling marriages aside from michael just being a psychopath <laughs> like it should how we it, i don't really everyone just keeps saying oh it's dangerous when when vincent and mary come up and it's like well I guess the idea is that Vito doesn't actively just try to kill people willy-nilly like vincent does true vincent is just a lot more trigger happy because he gives yeah. into his impulses 
But the way they do it, they play it like, oh, it's dangerous because of the business you're in. Yeah. It's like, but it is weird that they never go back to that. Yeah. Um, like, I feel like and again, Connie no one... should almost be, like, she should almost be arguing for, for in, yeah, fa- for in favor yeah. of Mary and be like, do you remember our mother? Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, Connie herself, like, she's been in the business. The well, Connie's now, like, in charge. When did yeah, that happen? Like, <laughs> she's calling hits left and right. <laughs> Like, Adrian, what are you doing? That seemed weird. That There's never a confrontation between Connie and Michael. And that was something that I... Coming out of 2, I was kind of wanting that. Yeah. Because she just kind of gives herself to the family. Because we, we and have she, the... she, she completely accepts his, his BS about Fredo. And I'm like, this has to come around, doesn't it? Yeah. And she has the, the argument with him at the end of the first one where she's like, he killed Carlo. Yeah. And then, like... He's like, no, I didn't. You're hysterical. And then she just gets taken away. Yeah. And that never... I don't know. I, I, I feel like Connie, past the first movie, is not effectively used in these movies. Mm-hmm. Although Agreed. I think Talia Shire's gotten a bit better between them. Yeah, true. And that could be Rocky. It's matured. Maybe she's gotten better because of Rocky. Under the watchful uh, tutelage of Sylvester Stallone... <laughs> Uh, Oscar-winning actor, I believe, correct? Didn't he? Didn't he win it at some point? I think he won it for Rocky. Yeah. Um. Although she doesn't have any like real shouting matches in this one, where she's like, "I'm acting." She didn't have any moments like that in this one, so that True. might be <laughs> that's probably a plus in her favor. Um. For some reason, I just searched Sylvester Stallone actor. I didn't. I didn't do Oscar or anything. Just actor. Actor man. Is he an actor? <laughs> That's just delightful. He was in a movie called Oscar. <laughs> this, this, these are the kind of fun facts you get here at Here Come the Sequels, everyone. Are you? Are, I'm, I'm trying to fill in dead air. What, what are you doing to me right now? Apparently he was not... Nominated, or he was nominated but did not win. Oh, that's it's lame. Be, yeah. That's lame. I agree. Um, do we want to address Sofia Coppola anymore? I mean, I, I we already kind of set our, our piece on her, but she's fine. Yeah, she's fine. There are moments where, where, where I feel like she shines. Yeah. Especially with Vincent, as creepy as it is that they're cousins. They refer to each other as cuz. Like, they're, they're, they're directly addressing it. <laughs> It's, it's a, just it, strange. It's okay, they're half-cousins, it's fine. <laughs> That's how genetics work. Oh, another point for, for a great attention to detail. The fact that they have the woman that Sonny was cheating on his wife with, mm-hmm. who fathered, or who... Um, fathered. Who gave birth to yes. to Vincent, is at the party at the beginning. Like, she's uh, there she's with, with with Vincent, yeah. Little de- details like that. They, they could have completely been like, oh, Sonny's illegitimate child. We don't... Like that's it. That's all yeah. you get. Yeah. But they don't. They go a little. You know. They get go the extra mile for yeah. that. Yeah. True. Movie's all right. That's fine. Movie's all right. Do we want to actually address like the plot? There's not a. Basically, there's this entire entire plot line. The, the driving for and this is again part of the problem. How we had the problem last time where we didn't really understand what the point of the Cuba stuff was. They're in Cuba making deals, and that was. It's kind of vague as to 
And they have a couple of, like, token lines of dialogue to try and explain what's going on, but it's like, yeah, but why? Yeah, um, <laughs> this one, it's the same thing of now they're trying to take over a company, like, from the Vatican? They're, they're basically trying to take over the Vatican's financing because they're in debt, and it'll make uh, Michael's operations, like, completely legitimate. Yeah. But then, we just, we just go, we spend so much time going over, like, the red tape. Yeah. Uh, of of dealing with this and and I don't think it's well also I don't I don't think they effectively establish who all the the parties are against him yeah um like the the Swiss banker guy I didn't know he was a Swiss banker until the end where they say he's a Swiss banker like I I was mm-hmm. just like is he is he like a part of the Vatican like is he I, I don't know what what his deal yeah. is movies have a strange especially these second two I should say. Uh, like like two and three have a, a strange fascination with not giving us enough enough exposition until we've already like gotten well into the plot, and then I'm just like, wait, no, 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 now 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 my mind has to backtrack yeah, to yeah. try and connect the dots here. Yeah, a little weird. Yeah, I found that kind of frustrating. And then, so Michael puts down a whole bunch of money. He's like, I'm gonna give the Vatican X amount of money. You guys get me in charge of this thing. And then they just take the money and do stuff with it, and then don't sure don't allow him to take over the finances. I guess something like that. Is it that simple? Sure, because they make it a lot more complicated than than that. If that's all it breaks down to, yeah. <laughs> it's it's the kind of thing of. There's also too many competing parties. Like there's yeah. there's a lot of different people you have to keep track of in this. And it's not worth the payoff. <laughs> and also, none of them were really surprises, and that's something I kind of felt about the second one, where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, this guy betrayed you. Yeah, no, duh. He's the one the camera was focused on. Of course he's the guy that betrayed them. Right. Like the old guy, with, I can't remember his name. Which, Alberto? Which, something like that. Don Alberto? Alto Bello. Alto Bello. Like, the fact that he walks out, right before the helicopter yeah. he's like i'm gonna talk to him it'll be fine I'll, and they, I'll... they show someone putting not putting the, the handcuffs on the door yeah i'm like of course he's in on it like of course yeah it's not a surprise yeah um he does have a great death in that he eats a cannoli and dies <laughs> which was weird because connie eats part of the cannoli well, the... before giving it to him like yeah the way it's supposed to like or the way it's shot it's like she she takes a small bite and then i guess maybe she doesn't swallow it or maybe it's just like not poison enough in a small dose or like but like she takes such a small bite that i'm like i feel like he wouldn't be convinced <laughs> i feel like he'd be like hmm, I, you know what you know what he would do you split it in half be like ha- share yeah, half yeah, with there me. you go and then you just hold it and see if she ever eats it again yeah yeah it's weird i like that connie's willing to get her hands dirty though yeah Connie's a monster. I don't even. Know, I don't even know if she was she like supposed to be doing like or what was she? Did she work that out with everyone else? I don't know. <laughs> or did she just murder this guy? She's like a lone wolf, man. <laughs> yeah. Connie should have become the Godfather in the end. That would have been nice. Connie, a Godfather story. Oh really? Because like if if it was like oh the we come full circle from from her wedding to that. Now, kids, that's how I met your godfather. But how did I meet your godmother? (laughs) 
have nothing. <laughs> That's fair. It's fascinating that this came out the same year as Rocky Five. Oh yeah. This is much better than Rocky this Five. Is much better than Rocky Five. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know how much more I have to say, really. I like the movie well enough. Mm -hmm. It's just... I have no strong opinions. Th there has to be a better edit of this movie, right? Especially to yeah. cut, yeah. speed up the pacing of the final scene. Yeah. The final scene, I mean, a lot of the Vatican stuff, I feel, there's just a lot of condensing to be had. Yeah. I like the assassins. The assassins are pretty cool. I guess. They're a little weird. Well, especially the way the the one guy takes out those twin bodyguards. Oh yeah, there's That's there's a great cool. a great bit where one of the assassins uh, takes out one of the one of the the their, one of Michael's bodyguards basically, and then uh, sets himself up like he's been stabbed by the other guy or by the dead guy basically, and then turns around and stabs the other bodyguard who walks up. Yes. Yeah. And then the one guy who is makes a donkey noise. <laughs> he makes a donkey noise to distract all the bodyguards, so they run over to him because he's holding a gun. That way, the older guy can walk in and try and shoot Michael. Right. It's very strange. It's very strange. And right. then the older guy gets shot, which is weird because, like, they're assassins. And wouldn't you think that, you know, they're, they're I do love how Vincent's like, I don't give a crap. I'll shoot him even though there's a whole bunch of yeah. other guys around him. Yeah, yeah. Vincent doesn't care, and I like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He wants you dead. You're dead. I'm out of things. I I, I kind of am too. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Well, it, it really is. I think I think the movie really does not benefit uh, from from the way the ending is kind of just a a whimper. Like it's yeah. It feels... Well, it's it's strange that our final scene with everyone else, Michael withstanding, of mm -hmm. course is just them screaming over Mary's death, and then there's yeah. no catharsis for any of them? Yeah. Yeah, it's just... We see Michael, and he dies. And it's like, okay. I, I, like, the, I like the overall artistic touch you're trying to play on that. Yeah. But... As the final moment in this trilogy, I think that's, that's perfect. Yeah, but... I, I don't know that it loops... I, I feel like we need a little bit more to get there, get to that point. I, th I think that... I, where we I feel like we almost need... It's weird talking about how, how the movie's too long. I feel like we could have almost used another ten minutes before we get... Yeah. yeah. Right after Mary dies and sort of everyone just leaving him. Mm-hmm. It just, like... Ultimately, like, Vincent... Why, why did I care about him? Because we don't know what happens <laughs> exactly. to him. Like, we don't know what he was really set up for. Yeah. Other than plot device, I guess. Yeah. I'm like, but it, I, Andy Garcia is better than that. Yeah. It's just... Hmm. Strange choices. Yeah. I don't know. I like Kay in the movie. Uh, mm -hmm. I like everything they do with her and Michael, because they, they do a great job of kind of playing their relationship. That's, like, that's one thing we didn't talk about. This is super awkward, because you hit me and you're a monster, but also... Uh, and I aborted your child. <laughs> and I aborted your child. Uh, but also, you know... I, there's also I, some somebody that tried to shoot up our house. Yeah. There's a car horn There's going on. There's a car on. horn going on. It's probably fine. It's probably fine. Um, oh, it's still going. <laughs> it's going to be real, real, real weird if no one can hear this on the audio. Um, Continue. Yeah. I, 
it, I I, th I really think it is that we need something to bridge the final scene and the or the um to bridge Mary's death and then and then Michael Michael's sitting there. I think scene, we yeah. need something else. Yeah. Whether that is uh like I feel like it'd be great if we had a scene where Michael goes and talks to Vincent before he dies, maybe like in the future, like it's like Vincent's now the Godfather or yeah. whatever, or something like that. Maybe, maybe something like that. I, I maybe just... he's going to seek his advice or something, and Michael's like, "I'm done. I'm not helping you. You're on your own." Yeah. And then he dies. Yeah, so, something where the you know, we we get a little more insight. It feels like it was very rushed. Like, okay, we killed her. Uh, we gotta end it now. <laughs> like it, bye it, yeah yeah and it, and it feels like maybe thanks it, for spending nine hours with us yeah they, maybe they had that idea in their in their head of michael dying like that yeah and so they wanted that to be the final scene and then they didn't really have anything else to kind of swell into that and that, i mean it's effective it's it's just I, I think they could have done more with it that's fair I, I, and we're back apologies for the edit but uh, the car alarm outside was bothering us, so we're just going to go ahead and uh, make an edit. So anyway. <laughs> uh, I guess the last thing I just want to talk about is just, just Kay and Michael walking around Corleone. Uh, I really like that. Yeah. My, Michael Michael jumps in the car, and it... it and basically just like pretends to be his own chauffeur so yeah. that she, he can sneak around. I don't her. care about the bodyguards, it's yeah. fine. Yeah, and it, it, it really is, uh, it evokes the the way that he and uh, Kay kind of first met and, and, and spent time together. Like it, it kind of goes back to that point. And I do like overall the way that they play his relationship with Kay and Mary and then go back to the, the, the Greek woman who he married. Yeah. Um, back in the first movie and and kind of the way they 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 kind of use flashbacks well to to give us an, an overall image of the fact that everything you know kind of makes him sad these days <laughs> uh they do a good job of that they do a good job of, of looping everything together and, and giving you know his life sort of a, a thematic um uh through line of of just general uh depression and and that and it makes that seem really powerful because it's it's he's just like hey what if i just try to you know forget my worries for a second here and just enjoy enjoy time with Kay. like it, it, it's it's really nice it is and then they drag him back in and then they drag him back in and then the movie ends and then the movie ends <laughs> um 45 minutes later yeah. uh yeah i i don't really have a whole lot else to say uh, do yeah. we want to go ahead and do grades yeah we can it feels weird having an episode this is, is short. I was gonna say this is the first time. I mean, we we've definitely done shorter episodes or yeah. episodes about this length before, but it's been a while. Yeah. I'm going B minus. Going a solid B minus. I'm going B. I did not see that coming. What? Your score. What? I feel like you would have been harsher on it. I, I genuinely the, the craft of this movie I think really really shines through I, I mean it, yeah. it is a it is a, a movie made by a master filmmaker and and that shows it's just uh... well based on your grades it would appear that you overall like the Godfather trilogy slightly more than I do sure it's fine yeah no, it, it's it's not like an embarrassment to the franchise or anything like that yeah. it's just could have been better yeah and it's it makes sense that it's been forgotten because it's kind of like those first two though. <laughs> yeah. That 
the, the those first one and a half though. <laughs> Basically, that's the ticket. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh, how, yeah, we've decided on what we're doing now, right? The Man with No Name trilogy. Correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's the first one in that? A fistful of dollars. Okay. So yeah, we'll be doing that next week. <sighs> yeah. We'll see if uh, and the and that one the third one. I mean, the good, the bad, and the, bad and the ugly. That is supposed to be the the classic, right? Like the the, the top one. So I hope that is. And my I know, understanding. I know they're also not like. I mean, they they are. It is a series, but I know it's it's not quite as much of a a overarching narrative. Is my understanding? Yeah. I don't really know anything about them other than they're supposed to be in kind of the. We just felt like doing something different. Yeah, the I mean, and it's it's again with particularly something that I've never seen before. Pretty much all the movies we've done yeah. I've seen before. Yeah, true. So true. It's well, nice that's doing it. something fresh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like completely fresh. We'll see how it goes. We might hit him. We'll see. It'll be fun. Uh, also, yeah. we haven't really done westerns exactly on, on the podcast yeah. either. Yeah. So well, because that... from Back to the Future the... Three, yeah, <laughs> well, those almost are the last of the westerns, aren't they? Like that. That was kind of the. It was on the edge of the uh, swan song, the genre dying for, for the out. Genre. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's still good westerns that come out, but yeah, it's yeah. not. It's not. It's just, I just, I mean, I'm just talking about how the the genre died for basically in in uh, in essence. Um, you can find us online at herecomethesequels.blogspot.com. You can find us through email at herecomethesequels at gmail.com, and we're uh, on Twitter at hct sequels. You can also find us on YouTube and iTunes if you just search here come the sequels. I think that's about it for correct in and out efficient unlike the godfather part three. Oh my god all right yeah it's it's like all, all these these movies have like extended editions and stuff i'm like can i get can i get a remastered edit that's <laughs> that's half an hour shorter the, yeah the optimized edition it'll be called the here come the sequels edit <laughs> yep coming to a cineplex not near you Maybe just start our own movie theater. Yeah, let's do it. Illegal edits of movies. All right, yeah, I got it. We'll charge people 20 bucks. We got our Disney cash. (laughs) Got that capital. (laughs) That Vatican capital. I'll have my Dark Knight Rises edit where it's even longer. (laughs) All right, everybody. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Uh... Yeah, watch the Godfather trilogy. They're all yeah. pretty solid. Yeah. Well, the first one's excellent. The other two are pretty solid. Yes. Yes. All right. Thank I'm you waiting. for listening. We'll see you next week for a Fistful of Dollars yeah. or whichever one the first one in that yeah, series is. is. Artist Objective. Nothing is real. Have a nice day. <laughs> <laughs>